Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you've grown that first business to a stage where it can work without you, you don't want to go back to being the one that's doing the do unless you really, really love it, mm-hmm. right? And I guess for me, I don't enjoy it. I'm not very good at the detail stuff. I can do it, but it consumes a lot of my, my energy and time and creates a lot of frustration. So once I got that first business, that position, it was like when a new opportunity come up, it's like, cool, how can I start this the way the other company already is? What strings do I need to pull? Where do I need to leverage something or someone in such a way? And part of that, Darius, is bringing people in as equity partners. It's like I believe in Helen Keller's saying, which is like, alone we can do so little and together we can do so much. Like I don't need to have, nor do I really want to have 100% ownership of any of my companies because then I'm 100% responsible. It falls on my shoulders. Whereas if I can bring amazing people in, and split the company, split the equity, split the profits with the right people in the right way, you have multiple people motivated to get to an outcome. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershaz, and I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine is about two things. Number one, people are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world. Doing both of these despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now, so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life, business, and career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a CEO to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. Guys, welcome to the Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mashazday. And boy, do we have a special guest. We've got an alumni of the show, Mr. Barry Magliardi is in the house. What's up, brother? Man, so grateful to be here. Man, it feels like a lot. It feels like I haven't seen you in like five minutes, and it also feels like a couple years. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. For those of you guys that haven't, you can go back in time. Uh, Barry and I met through Amber Vilhauer who did our first book launches, my first book and only book, but we're going to be talking about Barry's new book here in just a second. And actually, I was the first time I ever went live on a show was Barry. Barry was doing a show. Are you still doing your show or no? Yeah, not as frequently, but we still are for sure. uh, The comeback game. Yeah, Barry and I were like animals. We were doing like 10 shows a week. (laughs) How many shows did, what was the most number of shows you did in a week when you were doing your first book launch? Uh, I think I clocked up 60 in a month. Oh, so I think okay. one week was maybe 18 in a week. That's amazing. And, and so, yeah, you'd say 6060 or 16? 6060. Yeah, 60. So you did 18 in a week. I think I did like 14 in a week. We got convinced that if you did a lot of lives, you would sell more books. So <laughs> I think we, we broke the model. Like no one, <laughs> no one expected that somebody could do that many live shows. We got introduced to each other through our, our book launch uh, team and we did each other's shows. And you've been up to a bunch, man. Like you left Australia. You're in Bali now. Is that correct? Yeah. Been living here for just about two years. And how's it going down there? Bali's amazing. To be honest, with everything that's happened over the last couple of years, especially in Australia, I'm super grateful that I got the intuitive nudge to get out and to, to be in Bali. This was pre-pandemic. It was by 
complete divine in, uh, intervention that I'm here. But man, I got my kids here, met my beautiful fiance. Life's life's really good. Yeah, congratulations on that. I've been stalking you on social media. I saw I saw that you got engaged. That's awesome, man. So yeah, it's funny. Uh, I didn't even think about that because we got we got family down in um, oh gosh Melbourne from afar. I mean, I'm in the United States, which is like when it comes to lockdowns and stuff like that. I'm in Texas too. On top of that, uh, it's like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like I got a bunch of buddies. They're like, we live in a freedom state. <laughs> they're like, we don't like it's straight up. Like, this is a freedom state, and so it's funny when you think of the United States, like. There's obviously some mixed mixed uh, uh, opinions about how you need to approach this pandemic, but I look at Australia and I'm like, what? And they got cra- they went crazy there, man. You you dodged that bullet, so you guys well, that and that wasn't intentional. You're saying you were you were I, you were in Bali before COVID, and then you came back and went back to Bali, right? Yeah, I got here on the I think it was like the 15th of January. What was that 20, 2020? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like things went down March March 2020. <laughs> Yeah, you're in Perth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perth. Perth was pretty good throughout, um, but I actually I flew back. I had a an event planned uh, early April, and I had a plan to go and spend time with my kids for school holidays, and flew back. Uh, it was supposed to be a two week trip, and got stuck. And I knew that it may have been a possibility, but I was getting arrested when I turned back up in in Bali a, a month after that. That was the interesting part. Wait, wait, why'd you get arrested? Well, because. At the time, I purchased a, the only way to get back into Bali was to have a KITAS, like a residency visa, so to speak. And I purchased one through a company here online when I was in Australia. And little did I know that it was fraudulent. Oh. It was from a deceased Chinese woman. So when I flew back in, I went to go through customs. I got flagged and got locked up for four nights in a cell and then really? got uh, had to pay a, a big hefty bribe to the government and got put on a plane home. You didn't realize when they did that it didn't say Barry Magliardi on your visa. It said some. I don't know it said that, but there was a, the number that attached was the number. To oh, it. okay. Because at the time I didn't realize they weren't issuing key tats. Oh uh, wow! Okay, so hard lockdown. But that sucks. Were you were you freaked out, or did you feel like oh it'll be all right? No, it was interesting because that was what became the preface to my first book, The Past of Freedom. It was really interesting. For the first time in my life, I felt this sense of what I feel true freedom. You know, like this sense of, you know what, like if this is the end, I'm totally okay with that. Like I'm okay with with how I'm going to leave this world and what I've been up to. And there was a complete sense of peace and calm and liberation. I meditated and did yoga and just, you know, hung out for a few days and then finally got released and on the plane ride home, the preface just streamed through me because yeah. Yeah, the book at the time, as you know, was written all about freedom. You know, how, right. how can we build a business that can work without us? How can we be financially free? But at that point in time, those few days taught me what true freedom was, you know, beyond financial gain and beyond materialistic possessions. Yeah, man. Well, do you mind if I give your your formal background just yeah. for the audience that hasn't didn't hear you on the first show? So, guys, so Barry and I, like I said, we met. He was in the middle of his book launch, and I did his show because I was in the middle of my book launch. And then I think I actually spoke at that event in yeah. April. You and and it was like, man, I had such a good. It was amazing. I was like, man, you had this. You're and I know you're still running that coaching program. Is that correct? But you have people running it for you. Is that yeah, if I understand? So guys, so Barry, over the past 18 years, he's launched several multi-million dollar companies. He's coached thousands of entrepreneurs to find freedom through building profitable businesses that work without them. He's gained over 2 million downloads and growing of his podcast, The Comeback Game, and Trady School of Business, or Business School. And he's become a multi best-selling author on his books, The Path to Freedom. We were just talking about that. And his new book, which we're really going to be talking about, Sex, drugs, and radical self-expression, all three three things I love. So uh <laughs> so look, so you ended up back, you wrote the first book, obviously it's done tremendously well. You got the podcasts, but yeah, catch us up, man. So you got back to Bali, you got the coaching business that's you know kind of running itself and growing. But yeah, catch us up. Tell us what you've been up to. Yeah, it's been interesting. So the way that the first book came about is that I was running this coaching business while helping entrepreneurs to, to build robust, profitable businesses that can work without them. And it got to like 
uh, it was like August, September of 2019. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm living incongruent right now. And congruence is a big thing for me, Darius, as you know. And I was like, I'm, I'm incongruent. Like I'm running this business that teaches entrepreneurs how to build profitable businesses that work without them, yet I'm still working my business because I, I like it, which is what most people say. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take myself through the process that we've helped so many others go through in the past. And so I hired an integrator, you know, set things up, did the handover, moved to Bali and thought, right, I know myself. If I don't find myself something else to do, I'm just going to do business again, which is what I've done for the last 18 years. So I started learning to surf and uh, play guitar and that was kind of my thing. And now I've got a lot of ambitions around the breaks that I'm surfing and the, the waves that I'm traveling to in the world. And I've got some pretty ambitious goals for the swallow on a catch this year. Nice. I've kind of, I guess, taken these principles from business and moved into surfing, which has been good. But what I never, I, I guess, expected was what would open up for me once I, I moved that business into uh, the hands of somebody else and stepped right back. And that was the abundance of opportunities that I've had to uh, acquire shares in multiple companies since, but also start up multiple other companies since and put leadership in from, from the day dot. And so in a very short period of time, I went from having one business to now I think currently it's seven, about to be eight. Wow. And the really interesting thing is, is that my time involvement is less than a day a week across these companies. So tell us about that. So you have, remind us again, what's the name of the coaching business? Uh, the Game Changers. The Game Changers. So the Game Changers is the original business that you you basically automated yourself out of through an wow. integrator who's running it. And by the way, congrats on the surfing. I saw the the 2021 like retrospect video you had on Instagram showing like your progression. It's pretty incredible, man. Like you went from like, you know, being a beginning surfer to surfing some pretty big, big breaks. Like that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Thank you. It's incredible in such a short period of time. So, so you started surfing, playing guitar. I actually started playing ukulele. I'm learning creep by Radiohead right now. <laughs> just, yeah. I've never played an instrument my whole life. I just started about six months ago. It's pretty incredible. Like it's such a cool way to like get you get out of your head, you yeah. know. So you're playing guitar, you're surfing, you're living the dream, you're in Bali. And then tell us about these six, seven other businesses. What how did those start to come to be? Uh, the first one was a uh, recru- recruitment company. So what happened is we had a lot of staff that were VAs, virtual assistants in the Philippines that we trained up and on board. It took us quite a few years to really perfect the process for anyone that's worked with teams from other parts of the world. It can take some time, more so culturally. You might know how to lead Westerners, but the way that people in the Philippines or Indonesia need to be led is very different. And so it took us a while to get that. But then what we started noticing is a lot of our coaching clients tried to pinch or recruit VAs and we're like, hang on, rather than you trying to steal our staff that work for us, let's just start a recruitment company. So we started Alchemy Outsourcing. That was back in Feb, I think 2020, maybe March. And that's gone incredibly well. We built, built it uh, 95% organically, mainly servicing a game-changing clients to where now we're bringing a lot of amazing joint venture clients who have got you know huge clientele who are wanting the services we have to offer. We're just going through a period at the moment where I've brought someone else in. They've got a recruitment company and we're doing a merger. We've, we've taken over um, their arm, which is pretty exciting as well. But that's been a business that's been pretty much solely grown by my integrator and one of our key VAs who we brought in very, very early on. I think for me, offshore staff is such a, an effective profitable and purpose-driven way to grow a company. You know, we get kicked back from time to time. It's like, oh, you know, like, why are you taking the money out of Australia? I'm like, you're seeing it all wrong. Like, if we are we can employ two or three Filipino staff for one Australian staff, that means our company performs better. It's more profitable. We're making a huge difference to them and their family. Like, I've got staff that grew up on rice and salt and have now bought homes for themselves. Like, yeah. that's very, very heartwarming. But the thing is, is if my Western companies perform better, we're spending more money locally anyway. Right. right? Like it's it's just, it's a very narrow mindset to think that we're taking money out of the local lands. But right. um, that's been a very, very fulfilling and rewarding company for me. So your integrator runs that business as well, or there's a different person running that business? Yeah, she's she's been overseeing it. We set the strategy. We had a local team in the Philippines basically build it based on the business plan and directions. 
But now this uh, company's coming in that we're merging with, we're bringing some pretty serious talent from them that we'll put in place to get us to the next level. Nice. That's great. Yeah, we got we, we started bringing in virtual assistants from uh, Philippines and and it's it's just the way of the world, man. With globalization, if something is a more of a repetitive automated administrative task, it's hard to justify paying someone onshore when your competition's paying people offshore. Like that's the way of the world, then the onshore just has to have a different skill set. So you guys right. so you started vertically integrating that in your business and then what t- tell us more about some of these other businesses. Uh, then we started noticing that we had clients who had been with the Game Changers for a few years, either clients or staff, that were looking for that natural next step. And so one was a, a client that owned an accountancy and bookkeeping business. And I remember scribbling down a bit of paper years ago. I kind of had like this octopus-looking thing. In the middle was the Game Changers, and outside was all these supporting businesses that our clients used and required but we're struggling to get access to marketing agencies, commissioning sales companies, accounts in bookkeeping, finance, uh, recruitment, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, why don't we just build the ecosystem to support our coaching clients? For a couple of reasons. Number one is that we that our clients know that if we're behind, they can guarantee the service and the quality of product. Number two, coaching clients don't stay coaching clients forever. You know, we want them to learn the skill set and then to go off and do it on their own and continue to grow beyond us as a coaching company. Right. And not only that, I guess, number three is it significantly reduces the the acquisition cost of a client and increases lifetime value, which is one of the key metrics to grow a business, as you know. So if we can go and acquire a client through the game changers or through the accountancy company or the recruitment company, wherever, we can cross-promote them and sell them to other businesses we have. They stay within our ecosystem. We get to serve and support them very, very well, but it makes it a lot easier for us to grow as well. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklyn and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. 
Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's really smart. So you guys are so you out of those businesses, are you so you started doing the recruiting with the VAs? Are you guys doing accounting and marketing and all these other like yeah, so we have an accountancy and bookkeeping company that uh, works off Mike McCallum's methodology, Profit First. So that's actually called Profit First Accounting uh, in Australia. So that's you know a model that we we swear by. I know you do as well, and we heavily promote that. Um, we offer that. There's a company who this guy was actually an ex staff of mine uh, runs a commission only sales agency, and that business has just blown up. Like it's ridiculous how fast it's grown and is growing. But this guy was a, my head of sales. We sat down at a conversation. I was like, look, man, I don't think you're the ideal fit for what we need long term. Like you've got far greater ambitions than what I'm able to give as a company. I think you should go and do your own thing. And he's like, yep, like I'm cool with that. And I uh, can't remember exactly what happened, but I believe I got a phone call and he said, look, like I want to do it with you. Do you want to partner up with me? I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll take some equity. I'll provide you know guidance, mentorship, anything I can. And man, that was one of the best decisions that I and he he made. That business has gone from scratch to over two million a month in eighteen months. Wow! Um, yeah, two million revenue per month. Yeah, yeah. Wow! You at USD too. Wow, that's crazy. So that's sales they're making on behalf of the other clients or the ecosystem. No, that that's our actual revenue. So the sales are making on behalf of clients are well well above that. We're well wow. over. 12, 13 million a month. Wow. This, that's a business doing tens of millions, twenty over $20 million a year US. And that's insane, man. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really awesome ride to be on so far. You know, hats off to the guys though. Their leadership skills are incredible. Their growth personally over the last 18 months has been mind-blowing of who they've become. They're very heart-centered in terms of the way that they give back to not just their staff and their teams, but the local community as well. Yeah, it's a very rewarding business to be a part of. But again, like it's, it just serves a perfect pocket in the marketplace. There's a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the service space, that just can't sell or don't want to sell. Yeah, they just want to fulfill. You know, they don't yeah. want to deal with that side of it. That's dude, that's incredible, man. So, man, your life has changed dramatically since we last spoke. You have all these businesses. And you're, and you're and you're not stuck in them. That's the best part. I, I think it, it's really interesting because I spend a lot of time looking backwards. I think there's a lot of clues, a lot of wisdom looking at our failures and looking at our past as well, but not allowing that to dictate our future. And I guess the thing was, is you know, I bankrupt kind of like 10 odd years ago. And I remember someone saying, that's okay, you'll get back quicker and better. And it's almost like when you've stretched the container of yourself internally to a certain point, it's almost impossible to go back to who you were. Yeah. You know, so when you've grown, and I say this to our clients all the time, when you've grown that first business to a stage where it can work without you, you don't want to go back to being the one that's doing the do unless you really, really love it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I guess for me, I don't enjoy it. I'm not very good at the detailed stuff. I can do it, but it consumes a lot of my, my energy and time and creates a lot of frustration. So once I got that first business, that position, it was like, when a new opportunity come up, it's like, cool, how can I start this? the way the other company already is. What strings do I need to pull? Where do I need to leverage something or someone in such a way? And part of that, Darius, is, is bringing people in as equity partners. It's like I believe in Heller Keller's saying, which is like alone we can do so little and together we can do so much. Like I don't need to have, nor do I really want to have 100% ownership of any of my companies because yeah. then I'm 100% responsible. It, it falls on my shoulders. Whereas if I can bring amazing people in, and split the company, split the equity, split the profits with the right people in the right way. Like you have multiple people motivated to get to an outcome. Yeah, yeah. It's but is it like uh, you could be rich or you could be king, right? And a lot of folks, and I, I know both types of people. But to your point, it's like unless you want to own all the responsibility, then you, you got to make a decision, right? You want to be rich, you want to be king. You can, you can, you can be a pro silent partner. I've and I have a good buddy. I don't, you know Justin Donald? You friends with him? Yeah. Yeah, Justin's like that. He's like, I've been in deals where I owned a big, you know, big enough piece where I said, "Hey, I want to own less, <laughs> so you don't expect anything from me." Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and, and he's like, "Hey, guys, like, I'm gonna give you more of my equity just so you don't have any thoughts of that I'm gonna be doing something. I don't want to do anything. I help you get the business started. I own a piece of it. You guys grow the hell out of it. 
and I'll take my share for for being there when I, the risk was there to be taken. So I'm a big fan of that. What when you're looking at how are you doing that? Are you doing it just through? Are you using like kind of the, the hub and spoke model where the where the the game changers is the the hub, and then all these businesses are coming out of it? Or are you actually going outside of the ecosystem and just doing deals too? Yeah, very much. I guess it's a hub and spoke, and and that was kind of I guess the picture I drew. I said octopus, but it was kind of like a wheel. I guess a, a few years ago. Um, that was the model until recently, and now I've started to expand out. So we recently started a IV infusion lounge here in Bali, as well as blood testing facility. Uh, we launched that, and we opened the doors three months ago. That I've got 100% ownership um, with my with my fiance over here. However, I'm looking to de-risk again. I've got no no ambitions at all to have a, a wellness business like that. It was an opportunity that came along. It kind of just, it kind of just happened. I know it sounds weird, but it kind of just happened. Mm-hmm. And then last week I had the conversation with her. I was like, Hey, like I'd love to bring a partner in that has the ambition and drive to grow this thing to where like, it's already seen amazing growth since it's opened, but I need someone else that's looking at it every day. And that's just not me. And, and she's doing an amazing job overseeing it and, and bringing the right teams and so forth. But she's aware it's not her either. So yeah. So when you start to look at bringing in outside partners, I mean, obviously that's kind of a scary thought. I mean, you've overcome that to a certain degree with the hub and smoke model and you know, you're working with people, you get to know them as you get to know them. You're like, Hey, they can run this business. I'm just going to be there to mentor them. And you were kind of doing that as a coach anyway. So I can see how that works. But now you go outside of that. Who do you, I mean, it's hard to find people that can treat a business like the way you would treat it if you were running the business. What's your What are your thoughts on that? How do you get those folks in those chairs? Yeah, well, I guess as you say, like in the past, they were either clients or they were employees. You know, employees were moving on to start their own thing. I'd offer to partner with them. They'd take it great. They don't take it great. Like they're, they're moving on and doing better things and that's that's rewarding for me. So in that model, it's like I'd had a chance to be around these people for a few years so I could really understand who they were by not what they said but what they do. Right. right, And that's just something that you only get access to being around someone for long enough to see them under a whole different range of situations and how they show up and how they handle it. If we look at fusion wellness, my first approach would be look, there's twofold. One is I'd look to my network. Is there somebody that I know and I've known for a long time that, that's a ninja in this space? Or two, one thing we're actually looking into, we put a pitch deck together is can we look to um, move this business to potentially raise funds through an ICO NFT. Now, I've been doing a lot of study the last few months on Web3, on the NFT space, on where everything's going. I'm like, I think there's some really interesting ways that you can offer share allocations to people through NFTs. Right. Right. In such a way that in the past, I guess, you'd go and raise capital. You you'd typically raise capital of people that were already wealthy. Now, I'm like, how can we, how can we help uh, people that aren't wealthy become wealthy? Like I'm all about, I guess, trying to lift people up. And so I'm like, if we can somehow separate this business and divide this business to where anyone that believes in it as a business and in it as a organization has the ability to invest in it, that means that we could potentially bring in a team. Now, coming back to what you said around how do I find someone to take on board share, it'd be one of two ways. Either A, going to my to, to my network of someone that I know and trust and have had an experience with for a period of time. Or B, bringing somebody in as, say, the integrator or GM or, or uh, potential shared visionary that I can incentivize over a couple of p- year period of time where I offer them equity based on achieving certain KPIs, which would give me the chance to work with them and work beside them, to get to know them, to see how things are. Because it's like that whole, uh, you know, dating someone, the honeymoon period, Darius. There's only so long someone could show up pretending to be someone before the cracks appear. And so totally. having having someone earn in over one to two years would allow any cracks that are there to appear and give me the opportunity to walk away before they took ownership of, of my company. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things. Pizza, pink unicorns, core values, and down dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, The biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. 
So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment, and you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there, you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end, and it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's DariusScale.com. And now back to the show. Tell us more about the new book, man. We got, you know, the, the path to freedom has, has been a great path for you and you've definitely milked it, you know. Now, what was the inspiration for writing the new book? I'd love to hear about that. It was weird, actually. I had a lot of fear around the first book, as, as I think a lot of people do. And once it got written down, I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Yet the interesting thing was is that book was based on a proven methodology, the same as the, the core values equation, right? It was proven methodology that I'd used time and time again. I had this intuitive nudge. I'm like, I want to write another book. And I was like, what's there for me? I was like, oh, I want to write one around the spiritual CEO. I want to share with people how I've brought in spirituality, right? Not in so much the woo-woo sense, but intuition into growing my companies, how I've basically used my intuition, my, my, my instinct to make decisions as opposed to the way most people make them based on logic and reason. And so that was the intention set out. Yet every time I sat down to write the contents page, nothing, nothing flew. And I was like, man, I've got to write this book the way that I lead my life, which is based on intuition. I've got to pencil the time in, sit down and just write whatever's alive for me. And it was a very, very confronting and challenging process because I had no idea whether this thing was going to be terrible at the end or whether it'd be a bestseller. And so I sat down uh, with my ghostwriter week after week and the, the chapters just flew down. And it was in the fourth or fifth chapter, I was like, this is not, like spiritual CEO does not fit this book. Like I have no idea what this thing's going to be called. And it wasn't until the end we realized the chapters had been given to me out of order. And so we had to go back through and reshuffle the order of the chapters, change the intros and the outros of each chapter. And what came out was sex, drugs, and radical self-expression. And to some degree, it's a mini autobiography, to some degree. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, the medicine within the book is much cheaper, much deeper, Darius. And an example of that is I just bought my copies of this book last week. It was published on the 7th of December. Now, they were sent out long before it was published. And the reason being is they sat in customs in Indonesia, right, with them debating whether or not they would release the book into the country because of the title. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the second thing is when I sent emails out to a lot of influencers and people to ask for support and reviews, I didn't realize until after the book was launched that they ne- most of them never got the email because it was censored, because it had the word sex and drugs in the right. email copy. So like the Gmail filtered it out? Yeah. No. And I realized realized this because I was posting on social. I was like, where's the engagement? The engagement is like 3% of what I usually get. And I I, I wrote the same post, but I changed the E to a 3 in sex and the U to some weird character in drugs. And all of a sudden, the engagement come back. And I was like, holy shit. I'm getting tingles as I'm sharing this. I'm like... The world needs this book with everything that's going on and that's been going on in the last two years of this pandemic, now more than ever, because topics of sex, topics of drugs are taboo topics, right? We label, right. Uh, we label paracetamol as, as a drug, but it's, it's okay for consumptions, yet uh, magic mushrooms, right, or ayahuasca, DMT, cannabis, right, these things for years have been deemed as illicit substances. Right. Yet all of a sudden now we're seeing cannabis start to be legalized all over the world because they're seeing the medical benefits of this plant-based product. Yet right. these, these chemical-based products, we won't, we won't even go down that path, but these chemical-based products are deemed safe and okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. Fu- it's complete fucking bullshit. Yeah. You can't talk about sex online, right? 
Yeah, so therefore, but- majority of the population's running around with this shame and stigma around the way we've been brought up because it's yeah. never been spoken about. Like, like our sexual education was sex at the high school where we got to put condoms on bananas. Yeah, which is so weird. <laughs> You're like, damn, that's a big banana. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to see what's getting canceled and how it's getting canceled and what, you know, look, we grew up in a time where now more than ever, there is in mainstream, there is a push for things that never would have been allowed before. So maybe the filters are going up even harder to try to block it or hide it or whatever. And, you know, I look at, for me, it's all about what's the end result, right? What are you trying to create? What are you trying to do? Like, what are we trying to affect or create? And especially on, the sex and the drug side. It's like, look, people are having less people are getting married. People are having sex more than they've ever had sex before. So like, what are you trying to, what do you, when people have access to pornography. Well, look, when we were kids, it was hard to get porn. I had to work hard to get a playboy magazine that took hustle. That took deception, probably some shoplifting. Kids don't do any of that shit. They can go online, click two buttons and they can watch pornography. So, like, it's it's pretty interesting to see that it's harder now than ever. It's easier now than ever to get any of that stuff, yet they're trying to hide it more. You're like, that doesn't even make any sense. So tell me more. So the book you wanted to write really about your, what you, in from an intuitive place, and here you are, you're putting the book out, it gets blocked. And so where are we at right now? Where, where are you going from here? Yeah, well, the interesting thing is that I was just saying to my partner last night, I've been getting an overwhelming amount of messages on social from people I've never met before that are like, hey, we bought the book and holy shit, I'm bawling my eyes out reading it. I've got goosebumps reading it. Like I had a friend come around and I forgot I'd even written this part around being bullied. He's like, man, he's like, I bawled my eyes out reading that, not because I was bullied, but I was the bully. And I realized in that moment the amount of pain and suffering I caused on so many people growing up. And he's like, I went into this process where I asked them for forgiveness. Like I just put out there the universe and it's like, please forgive me for my for my actions. And again, Darius, like I a big believer in, in spirit, call it God, Allah, whatever fits right for you. But there's something out there that's much bigger than you or I. Oh, yeah. And that spirit, I guess, over over the last 18 years has gone from coming into me and channeling these weird messages that made me feel like I should have been locked up in a mental ward to being able to channel and realize that that it's a gift that I have to be able to share this divine guidance. And, you know, I went and randomly saw this woman who's a bit of a channeler a a year or so ago, and she's like, you're here to to put out books. She said books are a way that you're able to share your healing to, to many people. And I was like, it kind of makes sense. Like I'm on stage and I get a bit lost. My energy is a bit too too strong sometimes. My audience is, whereas it feels like for me to channel it through books, it gives me a chance to really refine. And like um, the Michelangelo effect, you know, when he talks about creating the David, it's like, how'd you make the David? He said, well, I just stripped away everything that wasn't the David. I, and I feel that's it for me with books. It's like stripping away everything that's just noise to get to the essence. And, and in sex, drugs, and radical self-expression, the core thing that I wanted people to get. And to be honest, more than people I wanted myself to get through this book was a permission slip to own my experience and to own who I was because I carried so much shame around my drug addictions in the past. I carried so much shame because I was part of a spiritual community that didn't talk about plant-based medicine. Like what would they think of me? They knew that I was smoking DMT or taking magic mushrooms or San Pedro. Like, like what would they think? Yet, there was something intuitively that led me to these medicines. Yeah, it's, I love that. I, and I have a lot of friends that are kind of walking in that world right now. And it's interesting. If, I'll talk to people who, if I said, hey, let's go do, you know, some hard, name a hard drug, they would be repulsed. But if I say, hey, have you, what, have you ever had a consideration around ayahuasca or, or, or you know, psilocybin? They're like, oh, I, I'm interested. <laughs> and I'm like, but, and they're different, right? What, like, mm-hmm. to your point, one's a plant medicine. What you know, I mean, they all a lot of these come from plants, but they do different things. And they and and I look at I look at this world of these are technologies from my standpoint, like these are medicines, they're technologies, they give you access to your subconscious, they give you access to they decalcify your pineal gland so you can actually like emotionally access and physically access parts of your brain that you can't access on a regular basis. And, you know, I'm not a big person that does the, this stuff very often, but I've, I've, you know, I've, I've done a couple of plant-based medicine journeys and 
they've changed my life. I've had some massive realizations, massive. Like I have a book in my head that is two books from now that I want to write about something that came about during a journey. And it was, have you ever heard of the concept of the hungry ghost? No. Oh man, you have to look this up. It's a really popular in Buddhism and Hinduism. But it's this demon that lives inside that's that that they say lives inside of every human being, some worse than others, that has an insatiable appetite for everything. Mm. Sex, drugs, food, money, success, acknowledgement, fame, you know, and and your self-worth is 100 percent attached to it. So when you have a, a strong, hungry ghost like I do, unfortunately, nothing's good enough. You move from one success to the next and you're just like, and you hit, and you hit the bell and you're like, all right, what's next? And you don't savor it. You don't appreciate the, the, like, I didn't even understand when people would say that you had to enjoy the process. I don't even know what the fuck that means. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. I understand what the words mean, but the emotionally, I didn't understand it. And it came about through a plant medicine journey that I did with a group of CEOs where hungry ghosts showed up. And it was there in the room. And, 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 and the next week, I was like a mess. Yeah. I was like crying and I was upset. And I was like, I'm a person that never cries. Like, like mm-hmm. not because I think there's anything wrong with it. Just like, just, I don't know. It's just something that's kind of been that way for me. And um, man, I was an emotional wreck. And I had realized, I'm like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life having this fucking hungry ghost just eat 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 and i'm never gonna fucking be happy and that day was the next day i was a different person i was like yeah i'm done with that like as done as i can be right and it's still here but but yeah that that came about in you know doing a journey right you know so i I, I, and i'm like how do you have those moments like how do you get to talk to that part of your body you know it just allows you to to really go deep with yourself i'm a huge fan of it man i'm i love that you that you're that you're promoting this this work right now so yeah sorry i i I told my story (laughs) no 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 it's beautiful just to to your point like you know, it's very hard in the world we live in right now where, you know, there's such a push for immediate gratification and hustle and we're so, we're just so consumed in everything we're being marketed to and everything is being pushed to us that it's very difficult for us to be present enough to access those states. And I guess that's what plant medicine can do. It can really help you to become present enough, you know, outside the noise to really sit with what's there. And what's wanting to come through and you know i speak in the other chapters like by no means am i promoting people to go and take drugs it's quite the opposite right what i'm promoting at the core is like connect in with your intuition connecting with your heart and if you're guided and led there like 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 be okay to take that regardless of whether there's stigma around your social circles of whether you should or you shouldn't you know like this life we need to live in accordance with what feels right to us and what's in tune with our journey and some people are going to agree with that and some people aren't. But, you know, if, as someone who's lived their, most of their life trying to please others and trying to belong, like, man, that's decapitating. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm reading this book right now. Uh, you know Will Smith, the actor? Yeah. So he's got a new book, Will. Have you? Have you yeah. It's a real it, – I will tell you this. It's well-written. It's really entertaining. And he, the guy's a pretty brilliant, smart guy. And he's talking about advice. He's like, you know, advice is one person's opinion from their vantage point, get with their given limited experience regarding what they think is your capabilities and what you should or shouldn't be doing. And that's where it starts and ends. And so I, I agree with you. What you just said, what kind of stood out to me was like, what I start, what I've been telling people is I'm like, yeah, that's just, that's one person's opinion. And they're entitled to it, but it means nothing to me. And it's a data point. And if someone has the stigma or someone has a background where, you know, plant medicine is negative because their priest told them it was, does it make it true? Uh, I don't know, man. It's, you know, it's only been around for a few thousand years. And then, you know, know, I mean, like, you want to hear a really funny story of of the same journey I did? That is going to blow your mind right now. And then I want to get into who who this book's for, which I think is a lot of people. Yeah. For those people that have never done a plant medicine journey, there's shamans there that are completely sober whose jobs are to guide you through the process. And you do all this pre-work. So there's a couple hours of like work you do before you eat any anything. 
before you eat any mushrooms or do anything. Like you're like, like you're like, it's almost like therapy. And so we did this exercise where we closed our eyes and we imagined that we were an animal in the forest during hibernation. And they don't tell us what animal to be, nothing. It was just close your eyes. It's hot. It's winter outside. You go into a cave. It's hibernation. You're there. You, you know, you're hibernating from the, from the cold winter. You come out and it's spring. And, you know, open your eyes. So then we go around the room. They're like, what animal, to describe what animal you were and talk about what happened. So we're in a circle and there's like a cluster of three guys, a cluster of two, a cluster of two, and a cluster of like, I think uh, it was like three, three, two, two, right? The people sitting next to each other. I'm not lying right now. First guy, what were you? I was a gray wolf. And this is what happened. Second guy next to each other. I'm telling you, these are people have no reason to lie. Gray wolf. Third guy, gray wolf. Comes across. Bear, bear, brown. Next group of three guys. Polar bear, polar bear, polar bear. That, 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 dude, they, we were not talking. Nothing. Everyone who sat next to each other had the same fucking animals. How is that possible? I was like, this is, I, it blew my fucking mind, dude. I was like, this is an impossibility. You can't explain this. There's no mathematics. To, to, there's no logic to explain what happened in that room. Everyone, and he said, basically, your neurotransmitters all connected through the plant, right? And this is like, it just shows you how connected we are. There's no, re, there was nothing said that would have made that happen except the unexplainable. And I was like, I, I don't care what anyone says. Fuck all you guys. I'm a believer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful story that represents the untapped potential that we have as, as human beings that we will never access if we continue to walk around limited by our story, limited by our, our past experience. You know, like we need to let that shit go. Yeah. It's well, it just and it just goes to show you how much, how many people are living in a, in a framework where they're they're stuck in whatever story they've been told that they need to believe or whatever story they're telling themselves. And like, at the end of the day, man, it's like the story is just that, and you have the ability to change that story. So, so tell me with the book right now, who's the ideal audience for it? Like, where can they get it? Like, I want to hear more about this. Yeah, I, I guess. I had myself in mind when I wrote it, you know, the younger version of me, fresh, fresh out of home, leaving mum and dad's place, having to kind of work life out myself. And so I guess it's any, for anyone who uh, is feeling that there is some unconscious force, some energy that's holding them back from their greatness, you know, that maybe tried coaching before, that maybe tried therapy and still don't feel like they've been able to access their truest potential. And it's also people that are out there that are go-getting that, that are charging and, and making waves and getting shit done that are open to potentially see things differently as well or to to learn something new. Man, I love that. So where can people find the book? Where can they connect with you if they want to learn more about this and the other stuff you're doing? Yeah, so the easiest way to get us is on Amazon uh, internationally. So Sex, Drugs, Radical Self-Expression. Uh, under my name, you could also search Barry William Megalodidi, which is watching this is on the screen. I'm sure Dara should have in the show notes as well. Yep. Uh, I'm probably most active myself on Instagram. Anything else, you'll be thinking you're speaking to me, but it'll be my team. So Instagram is the best place to get me at Barry William Megalodidi. And you get to watch Barry do some amazing surfing, which is and him hang out with his awesome kids and his fiance, which is entertaining and beautiful on all at once. Any like final thoughts or anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we get out of here? Uh, I, I guess just question, question what you think about yourself, question what others think about you. You know, I believe that a lot of what we have hardwired within us shouldn't be hardwired. And it comes from our past experience. It comes from a sense and part of us, like you mentioned before, Darius need to belong. Uh, to fit in. And the reality is, is you'll always belong to yourself. You'll always belong to something far greater than you are. And, you know, this book, this conversation is a permission slip for you to go out there and to be all of who you're here to be. Yeah, man. You guys, Barry's work is amazing work. You're living your best life, my friend, living the dream. I love that we've gotten to reconnect and, and I'm so excited for all that the future holds for you and those around you, man. Thanks, Dara. So grateful to be here. Yeah. So good to have you guys. What a great show. 
this could go on for way longer, but we got to bounce. Check out Barry's stuff. We'll put out, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Check out the new book, Sex, Drugs, and Radical Self-Expression. I can't wait to, to, to get my hands on it. It's my next book I'm reading. And uh, with that, we're out of here, guys. Peace. <laughs> you are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Guys, The Greatness Machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world. And we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, you'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster, show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons, and you will also get links that came out during the show. So on there, look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We out of here. See you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.